The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. And I am here with Chris Olson, who is the sponsor of this week's podcast. She is the founder, content creator, champion of women, and champion of my founder's story. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you. It is great to have you on again and to talk with you about biographies, because I think that's new terminology for a lot of people, and you help women entrepreneurs find their why. And why is that important for women in particular? Well, it's important for women because uh, women have issues confidently stating their business purpose. So when they're in front of investors and they're pitching their business, they often have a difficult time articulating their purpose. And so um, I witnessed that in the past in, in my work. And so I really wanted to find a way to help women confidently uh, describe their purpose or uh, communicate their purpose. And so we developed the biography as a way to help women kind of dig into their why and then develop their story and confidently share their story with the world. And when you do a biography, how does it work? Do you go to a workshop? Do you have a workbook? We have a couple of different ways. We do have workshops. We have in-person workshops and online workshops. Um, and Dre, who... Uh, you're going to talk to later. Yeah. She, um, she participated in a online workshop, a guided workshop online. So we offer those. And then we also have um, a workbook. Um, so we just launched a work- workbook this month, and it is it can be serve as a companion to the online or in-person programs, and it also kind of stands alone. So what that what you do in any of those programs is you is you explore your past, so your upbringing your personal values, your personality, um, the people and events that have influenced your journey through work and life. And then you find out what has consistently motivated you throughout your life and, you know, maybe even missteps that you've taken that have gotten you off track. And, um, And so we kind of take women through that process of discovering their why and then writing their story. And you kind of came to this in an interesting way, I think, because you were a storyteller yourself and you liked listening and hearing about women's stories, and you turned this into a business. Are you finding that it's helping you find your own why, too? Yeah, actually, so the one of the motivations for me in starting this business was I had sort of a, a, a long career, a 12-year career in radio, and realized after 12 years that I was kind of in the wrong industry. It wasn't really a great fit for me. And so, um, you know, it's kind of interesting how you pursue a path and then you are on it for a really long time. Yeah. Realize one day, oh, my gosh, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And so that was sort of the beginning for me where I was like, what am I supposed to be doing? And so I launched a, a communications consulting business and really started working with nonprofits and specifically women-owned businesses. And um, and that's where I developed a passion for really helping women-owned businesses. So really um, – 
the the culmination of me starting my founder story, launching my founder story, is directly re- related to my why and sort of discovering out, uh, discovering who I wanted to be and what sort of work I wanted to be doing. You also produce Fierce Founder Magazine, uh, which you can subscribe to online, and that has been really a joy when it comes in my inbox. You have really captured so many diverse women's stories. Thank you. Yeah. We, so that's a quarterly publication. Um, and what we do is every week we feature the story of a fierce female founder um, on our website and throughout our channels, our social media. And then what we do every quarter is we put together a magazine that's a compilation of all of those stories of the fierce founders that we featured. So um, it's really fun to kind of um, share that with the world and um, and people really love love getting that and reading those stories and then of course you know one of our goals is to really amplify women's stories and so that's our way to kind of continue to amplify those stories and and uh, help women confidently share them. Uh, Dre Bartle that's going to be coming up that we're going to be talking to she's the owner and the creative director of Covey Events and she was featured in the magazine. Yes correct. Um, She's also this week she's at or no uh, last week. <laughs> yeah, I think it caught in my inbox. Yeah. <laughs> um, the live workshop that you're going to be planning in April, tell us about that. So we're doing this in-person workshop, live workshop at um, the Well at Modern Well on April 25th. And it's a full-day workshop in partnership with the Business Women's Circle, which is a, a member-based organization in Minneapolis. And uh, what we'll do is we'll lead women through the process of discovering their why and they'll start to write their actual biography. And then the third part is really cool. They get to uh, present sort of their why to the other women in the workshop. So we have sort of three um, different components to the workshop. It's going to be a really fun day. It sounds like it's super fun. And Modern Well has become a really nice space to do these kind of smaller, intimate workshops in. Yeah, it's Um, a great space. Yeah, I, I did a podcast with her and... You know, in some respects, you guys have similar missions in trying to mm-hmm. sort of help women highlight um, what they do best and helping them find their voice and present it in a way that makes them have the most unique and compelling business story. Yeah, um, absolutely. When when people come to a workshop, does that feel different because they're collaborating with other like-minded people than going through it alone? And is there like a type of person that maybe is better to do a workshop setting than a workbook? You know, it's interesting because um, Dre went through the guided version, as I said, of the biography, the online biography workshop. And what that entails is you go through the course with a cohort. So she was in a cohort with four other women. Um, we do a weekly coaching session. They do a section in the workshop um, every week, and then we, we gather once a week to talk about it. And something really, truly amazing happens when women all get together and they're kind of working on the same type of activity and really Mm -hmm. figuring out like what's their purpose and what's their voice and putting their story together. And so I think um, the in-person workshop is even more powerful because you're actually in the room with each other. So that ability to collaborate and sort of bounce ideas and be vulnerable with each other and build relationships is really an amazing thing to watch. So I think people who enjoy Connecting with other women, networking, collaborating, will definitely love the in-person workshop. It's um, it's a really great opportunity to do all of those things, and then 
plus a lot of self-discovery as well because you'll kind of dig into your values and all of those things. Yeah. So, um, I think people do tend to gra- gravitate toward the in-person um, and the guided programs because they like that experience. Yeah, it sounds really fun. So how do people sign up if they want to sign up? For the April 25th workshop, they can co- go to thebwc.org. Um, that's our partner who is taking registrations. Mm-hmm. And so they can go there or they can just, um, there. we've got information on my founder story and on our social media uh, sites as well, which is at my founder story. And I suspect between now and April, we'll be able to put up some links on the makers of Minnesota Facebook page, Instagram, yep. and also Twitter too. So admission is $300. And what will that include? So that includes the all the curriculum for the day. The work the workbook is also included. And then it, it includes, you know, lunch and snacks and all the fun, regular workshop stuff. I love it. We're going to have a great time, Chris. Thank you for being here today. And for helping us figure out why we need to have a biography, I'm excited to talk to Dre next. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. And we are here with another installment of My Founder's Story, which is uh, Chris Olson's group. And she's bringing us great entrepreneur stories of women. And we have Dre Bartle today, and she is with Covey Events. And Dre, I am really interested in you because you're doing something that's kind of funny to me. You, <laughs> you're an event producer, and I have spent like my whole life in various events. So I'm just dying to talk to someone that, that you do this for your career. Mm-hmm. And you started out, you took the biography workshop with Chris Olson. Why did you decide to do it? Well, I had an opportunity to meet Chris through a networking group that we're in together, really a think tank, and I was just inspired by her and this journey she's been on to create this My Founder story. And when she explained how it worked and the process and helping people dive into their why and learn how to tell their story, I thought, oh gosh, this sounds fascinating. So when she asked me to participate in a pilot, it was such an easy yes for me. Did you know what your why was or why you need a why, as it were? Yes, I would say I'm very anchored to my why and that I felt confident in, but where maybe I lacked in confidence was how to tell the story behind it and articulate it and use language that I felt comfortable using in front of people. Because I think so often we edit our stories. So I, I appreciated that about Chris and knowing she was a safe person and it was a safe process to be able to articulate my story and learn how I can share it with with other people. So we have talked to Chris just mm-hmm. before we talked to you, and uh, the My Founder Story uses the power of storytelling to support and empower female business founders, not only in discovering sort of what their story is, but helping them communicate that to others. Mm-hmm. Can you give me an example of once you learn sort of what your story was and how to articulate it, how you use that in a business setting? Yeah. So what's great about the process is it gives you an ability to take a lot of information and a lot of different stories and and bring it down to a tellable story. So you can use it in your LinkedIn profile. You can use it in a bio. So as far as a business setting, you you get more attached to your mission, your core values. So Uh I was able to take it and really think about how I'm using this story in my, again, my mission statement, all those different pieces to let people know who Kavi is, what our 
our offering is, what kind of the DNA of who we are in my Covey crew. So yeah, so let's hear that. What is sure. how would you describe your story? Your biography, my biography. Well, really, I Covey started because I wanted to take um, brands and be able to tell their mission through creative events and experiences, um, and. The reason why I want to do that is because so often I think there's these beautiful organizations like nonprofits and small business owners that don't have a lot of visibility. Right. So I thought, how can I partner with these organizations through events, through creative experiences to let the world know who they are and and create an invitation for them to come alongside these groups? How did you get started? Well, I've been doing events for a really long time, just in different capacities. So wherever I worked, I landed on event committees. You know, I was always the delegated person sure. for whether it was someone's bridal shower to let's do a 5K for the company. <laughs> so yeah. I was always doing it, but not on my own. And so as I kind of you know, went through my career journey, I was recognizing um, I loved doing events. Um, I loved the logistics. I loved the creative side. Um, and when I was in a sales position, it really awoken that entrepreneur bone in my body. Because even though I was working for a big company, we were still required to build our book of business, find our, you know, rhythms and what's a good return of our time and yeah. prospecting. What and, industry were you in that you were doing you know, sales? I, it's so funny because no one would ever peg me for this, but it was the payments processing and payroll industry. So okay. it was business products. Um, when I was first approached to do it, I thought, no way, I am not going to be a credit card processor. <laughs> but the gentleman that approached me worked for a really good company that was an advocate for business owners. And so it was a totally different approach. And so when I learned more about the company, the integrity and what we we're actually providing for these companies, I knew I could be on board. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you came from a sales background, mm -hmm. but you'd been doing like events. So now you've been doing them for 15 years. So yes. are there um, types of events that really speak to you? Yeah, so I love nonprofit events for sure. That's um, like fundraising galas, fundraising and... galas, five Ks, any kind of um, event that can reach an audience and bring people in so that they can hear the story and the mission, and it gives visibility to these nonprofits. So not only are they getting donors, but they're getting volunteers, they're getting new board of directors. So it just there's multiple benefits for throwing these events. Yep. Do you go out and uh, pitch nonprofits, or do people find you? How do you develop your business? So. For right now, I've been very fortunate that I had built a pretty um, established network with when I was doing sales. Yeah. Plus, I am I volunteer a lot, and I've already been in that space um, through my church and other community events. And so naturally, I had kind of an existing book of business prior to starting Covey. Um, so I haven't had to do a lot of marketing or advertising. But now that my team is growing, I'm definitely seeing a need to, okay, I actually have to start doing some outbound yeah, <laughs> marketing. Yeah, I was going to ask because... Yeah. You know, that you you talk about finding your why and mm -hmm. getting the confidence to do that. Mm -hmm. And then part of that is the sales piece to go out and put those tools together. How right. many people do you have on your team now? Well, I have two gals that are fairly regular, but I have five women that have an established role with Covey. And then there are times where we have up to 10 to 15 gals because, um, you know, a company will hire us simply to staff the events. Yep. So maybe registration or those, you know, more day of staffing. So I have about 15 gals on my roster that come in and out. And when you decided that you were going to make the switch from business processing to being an event planner, mm -hmm. what did that look like? Tell me about that time. Yeah. So 
I knew that my heartbeat wasn't for processing, that I, I loved creating events and experiences. I loved empowering and equipping women. So I actually had a one-year stint as a director of development and events for a nonprofit. And it was really a testing the waters of, is this what I actually want to do? Um, and so it was a great... Um, launching pad uh-huh. of yes, I can do events. Yes, I love sales. Yes, I love development. And they ended up becoming a client instead of me being on staff for them. Right. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to really dive into what I was really passionate about. And so that's when I launched Covey. Can I ask, and this maybe is an ageist question. I don't know. You seem like you're a fairly young person. And I'm hearing a lot from people in the, I'm going to say the under 35 age Oh, you're group. so sweet. I'm older than that. Are you really? <laughs> I'll be 42. Oh, you look so young. <laughs> oh, you're so nice. So then this conversation really does sound dumb and a little ageist. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. I, I really admire so many business people that I'm talking to that have a sense of what they're wanting to do, like what their mission is and what their purpose is. And I feel like I just fell into things Mm -hmm. and I would be relatively good at them. But nowhere in my career, other than maybe broadcasting, you know, did I really like be intentional about this is my career and I'm going to follow this path. And you seem like you were so directed. You know, it's funny you say that because I I used to joke that I look like a train wreck on paper because I started (laughs) as a social worker, then was a stay-at-home mom, then went into sales, and then director of development and events, and now own my business. So, But I always tell people it all belongs. I think everything that we do is leading us up to our why and our purpose and our passion. You just have to pay attention. And so I think for me, um, it was really learning to... You know, I did a lot of books and podcasts of figuring out what is it that I'm actually being called to do. And so I think when you get more attached to your identity and your sense of belonging, your sense of purpose, it becomes a lot more clear what you're supposed to do. And so I had a lot of great mentorship um, and people around me giving me good counsel and discernment around all this that really led me up to doing this. So I think it's about who you surround yourself with and and what you're paying attention to. So when you decided to do Covey events and be Mm -hmm. your own business person, was it a big leap or was it kind of just a shift? It was a big leap in the fact that I, when I was in sales, I left a really nice income. Yeah. <laughs> so, Usually sales pays yes, pretty well. Yes. And so that was hard because I thought, oh gosh, you know, this is starting from scratch. I had a little bit of money in the, in the bank. I, you know, fortunately have a husband who's very generous with, you know, um, making sure to take care of some of the other financial obligations sure. of our family so that I could do this. I'm so very fortunate in that aspect. But, you know, you're putting yourself out there, especially with my business. It's very visual, uh, you know, on social media and, and it's, you have to have beautiful pictures and you're putting yourself out there. Like yeah. people could hate what I'm doing. They could think it's ugly. They could, you know, you think of Google reviews and all these things that, you know, put your abilities in the limelight. So in that aspect, I was nervous. I thought, oh, I'm really going to put myself out there for people to critique me. And what if I fail? What if they don't like what I'm doing? And so in that aspect, it felt like a huge risk. Your events are very styled. You have a really keen eye and you you talk about, you know, that the visuals of an event are really Mm -hmm. important. Tell me more about that. Does that make you different than just like your Mm -hmm. average Joe event planner? Yeah, I think Covey, the way we set ourselves apart is how we carefully curate and design our events, making sure that it is beautiful, that we are keeping the organization's brand in mind, whether that's the color palette, um, guest experience is really important to us. So 
I do keep that in mind when you come to one of my events. You're going to you're gonna sense something different because we want you to enjoy the experience from, I always say, as soon as you drive into that parking lot until you depart, how are my guests going to experience the event? So you keep all those details in mind, the signage, the temperature of the room, the music, the flowers, the food. I mean, I think, yeah, just paying attention to all those little details that make it a really enjoyable experience. And at the end of the day, then my clients benefit from that. People are going to want to come back or let's say, it's a, an incentive to build their team or their right. clients. It's going to help them grow their business. We've seen like bridal planning happen on Instagram mm-hmm. and we've seen uh, Instagram really create a whole new way of people to find event planners because of those visuals. Right. You know, you're using it in a corporate setting mm-hmm. and setting up retreats for people. And are you do you find that you actually get business from Instagram by doing that? You know, I would say I get some from Instagram, but again, it's mostly referral based. I would say the majority of my business comes from referrals. Um, Typically, I host an event and someone that's attending that event asks for my card and then I get there. So I am a little more old school that way. Instagram, I think social media is very important. It's like an online editorial. I mean, I think it's very relevant, Um, but that's why I don't get really bogged down by I only have 870 followers versus some of my competition who have 15,000 followers. Right. To me, I have a, I'm, I have a built-in audience that's very loyal, um, very good at sending me referrals. I, I'm very intentional around partnerships and collaborations and highlighting other businesses on my pages, and I think that's where I benefit the most. And so I'll still do it. It's important. I hire a good photographer so that we're beautifully displaying the work of my team. Um, but yeah, it's not, it doesn't identify with me as far as like a, a metric of success yeah. based on how many followers good I for have. You. And you know, to be honest, you can buy followers. You and, can, and I won't do that. Yeah. You start to look into some of these 15,000 um, strong companies mm-hmm. and some of them, it's just bots and people that mm-hmm. aren't really their real customers. Correct. And I just think if that, that those platforms go away who really is my base and so I feel fortunate that my base will still remain whether or not social media is in existence yes of course it will Mm -hmm. um let's talk about some events that you've loved that you've produced can you just walk me through a couple sure well the first one that always comes to mind is my mom boss 5k so I love doing events for their clients but it's really a heartbeat of mine to create our own events so mom boss was the first coffee powered event that we put together uh, May of last year and we're doing it again this May May 19th at the Hutton house yeah and really the intention behind this event was to create an experience for for women to get away to have a little retreat health and wellness is super important. You know, you hear self-care. It's a huge hot topic, but it's true. Like we need (laughs) self-care and a 5k felt really accessible. You can walk it or run it. You don't have to be an athlete to participate. And the Hutton house is in such a beautiful setting. Oh, It's so stunning. And I love their team. I love working with them. Um, So, you know, it's a boutique run. It's not meant to be 2000 people. I want it to feel more community based. Um, We use the word mom boss, you know, loosely. It's, you don't have to be a mother to participate. We, I, I really see women as mothering in lots of different ways. Um, you know, whether you've birthed a child or not, I think that their mothering is a quality and it's a characteristic that we have of, mm-hmm. you know, you could have nurture. it at work or yes, you could have it in right? lots of places in your life. Absolutely. And so, and then it also, we have the mom boss market, which is part of this. So it gives local artisans and local makers an opportunity to display their products. So women can shop while they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have live music and a mimosa bar and coffee Why bar. Why do you do your own events versus just doing a events for customers? Well, I like it because, well, creative control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that is important to me. Um, 
you know, it's been an exercise of letting go too, but certainly it gives me um, a lot of choices and it gives me, again, the opportunity to use my partners. I love giving my vendor partners, my my friends that own businesses an opportunity to be part of it. And maybe they don't normally have an opportunity. Right. So if there's not a good fit or we get creative of, okay, let's do a trade versus you having to pay, you know, so it gives them a chance to show off their businesses as well. So that's really fun for me to have that be in the driver's seat of that. Is there a sweet spot for events? Like, do you like to do like 20 or less or 200 or more? Mm -hmm. Or does it just depend on... That's a great question. I've been asked that before because we love the 500, 600 person gala, especially when there's a mission attached. But I love the 10 person dinners where we can curate really unique gifts and think about what is that person can actually enjoy. So that's not too small for you. It isn't. No, we have corporations or, uh, you know, custom home builders that will hire us to do their their um client dinners for yeah. Christmas or whatever, staff appreciation events. So oh, we'll that's definitely neat. do mm -hmm. um, one of the things that happens to event people, and this has happened to me, is like, you know, before your event, you're laying in bed and you're having total anxiety dreams. Yes. Do you have those about events where yes. they're just terrible in your mind? Yeah, usually it's around timing. Like, I arrived at the wrong time yeah, or the kinda. rentals didn't show up. Yes, I've certainly Because there is had... a lot of things in oh. these events that are kind of out of your control. And you mentioned that you're a control freak. Well, <laughs> yes. if your florist doesn't show up right. or something, the cake mm -hmm. falls apart in the car, mm -hmm. you know, you're still responsible for all of these vendors and products. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's backup plans. It's getting creative. I've learned, you know, okay, I know Trader Joe's has good greens. I know Cub Foods has amazing greens. So it's it's thinking in the back of your mind, the what ifs and really running through those scenarios so that you have a good backup plan. So can you give me a disaster story? It sounds like you've had a few. You know, we've been so lucky. We actually haven't had any major catastrophes or no-shows. I have been so fortunate to have really good vendor partners. Yeah. So, no, I, I honestly can't think of any huge disasters. I think the one thing we had a on, on Gala where we had a lot of walk-ins. Yeah. So it was quick, find the extra tables or their extra linen. So there was a little bit of a, like, oh, my gosh, I'm sweating. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, but you just, again, it's, it's just being quick on your feet and troubleshooting quick and still being calm so that your client doesn't feel like anybody's panicking. Yeah. And weather can be, uh, yes. play a whole, it can take an event that you plan and just like turn it into something completely different. Yes. I had a client that had, uh, an outside 5k planned and then we knew week of, it wasn't even necessarily the temperature. It was the condition of the roads. So I quickly called a friend that does fitness classes and we ended up doing an indoor fitness class. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So it yeah. worked out fine. Um, but you definitely have to plan ahead and just be observant of what's happening. Uh, can you think of uh, something that you just thought was like a total home run where you knocked it out of the park? Ooh, well, mom boss for sure. I yeah. will bring that up again. The first one was so much fun. Um, we also had a uh, a gala for sure that it was for um, a client that the year before I kind of came in late in the game, so uh -huh. I didn't get to plan all the pieces. And so they only had 87 people participate last year. And so because we were on the front end of it this year, they had 200 people come. Oh, nice. So, so you that doubled was, their attendance. Yeah, we, yeah. Dou we doubled their attendance. We just improved the experience. So that felt like such a success and they got such wonderful feedback so that felt like something that I did to help improve their event and widen their audience. What do you think is the most important component for an event? Is it food? Is it logistics? Is it mm. signage? What do you feel like really sets the tone? Yeah I think 
from the very beginning, it's the the language even and how you're inviting people, especially if you're having to recruit your audience. It's different if you have a built-in audience, but if you're trying to get people to buy tickets, I think from the very beginning, it's language. What kind of invitation are you creating? What experience are you are you promising these people? Um, because there's nothing worse than paying for an event and getting there and being incredibly disappointed yeah. or you feel the audience feels deceived by it. So I really put a lot of thought into the the invitation, the social media, what's happening on their website so that when the people get there, they know what to expect. And then from there, yes, food is obviously incredibly important. Um, signage, you don't want people confused. Parking, like how are you communicating even, again, going back to prior to the start of the event? Do people know where to park? Do they know when doors are going to open? So guest experience is so incredibly important. Well, I can tell that you take to heart a lot of those details. Um, when you think about, uh, is there an event that you've been to that wasn't yours that you were just like, oh, I wished I could have done that one (laughs) besides like maybe the Meghan Markle's wedding or something. Right. Right. I know. Wouldn't that have been fun to plan? Oh my goodness. Yes. We don't do weddings, but I'm fascinated by the industry. I think just the beauty around it. And I admire wedding planners because it's such a different customer. Yeah. I mean, you are dealing with, it's a one and I mean, this is it. That is their very special day. So for sure, I'm, I'm blown away by some of the weddings that I've been to. Um, I'm trying to think of one in particular. I mean, there's concert series that I'm always fascinated by that I think are amazing. Um, even just some of the bigger runs, yeah. like the, the five, the five K's, other five K's that I've been to half marathons, just the logistics that are required to pull it off. I'm always blown away. Yeah. By that. It yeah. is pretty neat. <laughs> uh, it is pretty neat. I think it's neat that you're doing a run too, just at Hutton house, smaller community event. I think yes. that sounds fun to participate in. Can people, how can they sign up if they're interested yeah, in the so Mom Boss event? Right now, we're just waiting from for ChronoTrack to release the actual registration okay. link. It's really close. They said, I think we're getting close, but momboss5k.com or you okay. can just go to coveyevents.com and there will be a link to register. We're also on Facebook. Um, so yeah, soon we'll have the actual registration link live, but okay. you can certainly get details now. They're all up on our Facebook page as well as events.com and then you just click on the mom boss 5k icon and just to, as an, an extra note the one thing I love about this event too is we always um, give a percentage of the proceeds to a nonprofit and this year's Jack's basket so they're oh, just nice. a beautiful organization that comes alongside parents with a Down syndrome diagnosis so so we're excited to support them if you were going to tell a friend about uh, my founder story mm-hmm. and the biography workshop because we're gonna open up um, Um, the April event here, we're going to do a live workshop. How would you describe it to one of your friends and recommend it to them? So I think that I would just say be ready to dive into your story and because there's a vulnerability that it requires because you have to be willing to look into your past a little bit because so much of our story is how we grew up, experiences that we had. So it kind of opens up some things. Yeah. <laughs> so be ready for that. It's it's good and hard and, and beautiful. Um, and I would say that it's okay to you know, have it be really long at first. Chris does such a a great job of helping you learn where to edit, where to add in. So just um, having that openness to someone else looking at your story and how you write. And putting Um, the elements together. Putting the elements together. And the the process itself is incredible. The online tool that she uses is super user friendly. Um, the, The way she guides you through the process is wonderful. She's got videos. She's got articles. There's so much supplemental material that's super helpful that 
helps you engage in the process. So it's super easy. I love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is the Wyography Workshop. It's coming up in April. Thank you, Dre, for yes. being here. And Thanks for having me. You've got um, the Covey Crew, hashtag Covey Crew, which are the <laughs> yes. folks that work for you. Yes. We're talking with uh, Dre Barthel. Bartles. I did it. I knew it. See, it's okay. I'm like on a three week run of doing it. <laughs> I'm going to um, go ahead and I'm going to edit that part out. Okay. We are talking to Dre Bartell and it is Covey crew and Covey events and people can find you at CoveyEvents.com. Correct. Yes. And uh, the next event you have coming up is the mom bus. It is the mom bus 5k. Okay. Yes. All right. So if you're a 5k walker runner or you just want to participate in a great community event, it starts at Hutton house and if you haven't been there yet, that is such a beautiful space, too. It's so stunning. it gives you an opportunity to check it out. Thanks. Yes. Thank you. Are you ready to courageously share your story with the world and open the door to resources and opportunities? My Founder Story takes you through the process of fully discovering your why and developing your whyography, a powerful short story designed to articulate and elevate your purpose. This is an essential tool for leveraging your business with potential investors, partners, and supporters. My Founder Story uses the power of this storytelling to support and empower female business founders in discovering and sharing their why. Learn more about our biography workshops at myfounderstory.com. And I would love to invite you to join me, Stephanie Hansen, at a biography workshop on April 25th. It's going to be at the well at Modern Well. It's going to be a live event and admission is $300 and includes the biography workbook. We will have a great day. It will be a fun workshop, and we hope you join us. Go to thebwc.org to our partner's website to register for the live April 25th event where we will discover our biography 